this week's show, Dover assistant boss Nicky Southall pleased with a point against Boreham Wood. So in fairness, I thought the boys were absolutely outstanding. But chairman Jim Parman said doubts whether his side should still be playing. If you look around you and you see what's happening in the world and you look at the disparity uh, of fixtures in the league and how many uh, games we're missing every week, I think we're going to struggle to complete the season anyway. And Craig Wanderer's manager Tony Russell gives us his thoughts on plans to null and void the season. On their watch, they've had two years now, two seasons wiped off and we didn't need to do that. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. Uh, three interviews for you this week, including an almost feature-length one with one manager, plus we've got success on the pitch and a departure off it. I'm John Phipps, still being asked by ruddy Netflix if I'm enjoying The Crown, even though we've now finished it. Uh, Matt Gerrard is unable to join me this week, so I've gone on to the subspension. and I've given a call up to Alex Hode, who has managed to put aside his excitement at the playoffs in the NFL, to join me for some Kent Non-League chat. How are you, mate? I'm I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, coming off the suspension, I haven't really trained a lot in the last few months, but that makes me pretty much like all of our other footballers in the non-league. Well, exactly. Uh, it's Hody's third appearance on the show and my 154th, incredibly. Now, 154 is the number of consecutive golf majors that the great Jack Nicholas played in, a run which stretched from 1957 until 1998. And as an American sports fan, this one's just for you, Alex. It's the number of games there used to be in the MLB until the season was extended in 1961. There are now 162 games. That just seems an awful lot to me. It is. I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan, actually, but you do get fatigue. The the excitement is actually starting to build a little bit now. They're talking about spring training, which kind of kicks off in, in February. And you know what America's like. They're carrying on as normal at the moment. And uh, But when you say spring training, isn't that like a pre-season friendly? They, they play a little interleague with about 20, 25 games in February and March before they start their 162-game season. Very end of March, start of April. And it's crazy. You get real fatigue by, by mid-July you're pretty much ready for the season to be done, but then you've still got another 80 games to go. It is, it's crazy. And so... so how, many a, t- how many times do they play each, each other then? I know it's all complex, complex and... It's, it really and is, because you, you're in divisions and you play your division rivals a lot. I, I guess if you're in a division with a team, you're probably going to play them 10 times at home, 10 times away out of that. Um, and then you'll get some glamorous uh, kind of away games at teams you only play every couple of years. Maybe you might... My, my team, the San Diego Padres, might get to go to the New York Yankees maybe once every four or five years, something like that. So kind of those are a little bit more special, but you get bored of playing your local rivals all the time. Ten games at home, ten away. So maybe what you, could you, if you get five minutes away from uh, the, the joys that you're currently existing of homeschooling, could you quite, kind of um, split the Kent non-league teams into conferences like they do over there and give me a rough idea of how many times everyone will play everybody else? If what in a, in a in a baseball type season that would yeah, be yeah go on oh, yeah that, I'd I'd find that very entertaining it, it would I I do you know what I'll have a little I'll give it some thought and see what we can come up with and perhaps put it out on the social or something like that top man thank you very much now although we've got three interviews for you this week we're actually going to start this week's show by discussing a man who we spoke to last week seven new signings for Welling but they drew nil nil at Oxford Saturday, Oxford City on Saturday a result which sent them to the foot of the table. And after a 2-0 loss to High Flying St Albans on Tuesday night, it was announced that Brad Quinton and his coaching staff had been sacked. Still such a long way to go in the season. As he said to me last week, it's been impossible to get any momentum having played so few matches. So that feels a little bit on the harsh side to me. What do you make of that one, Alex? I I would agree it is a little bit harsh. Um, Things move very, very fast in football because it, it took about five minutes before... 
Mark Goldberg took uh, took over the reins and they've actually brought in Steve Lovell um, as as the new manager already. Um, looking looking ahead to it was a big game for them against Tunbridge at the weekend, isn't it? Things move incredibly quickly at the moment, and um, I, I, honestly, there's a lot of teams in the same position that aren't able to build momentum. They've lost what's it six seven games to to postponements, played eleven games. The table is 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 frightening really, and it's the same in so many different divisions. It brings back the argument about why are we actually doing this? Um, uh, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that, that kind of think the same. I know it's a welcome distraction for some, but um, there are plenty of teams that are going to be struggling and and, and and people, the football family, that look, that's a, that's a decent young manager that's out of a job now. It's not necessarily his own doing. He's, he's basically had an uphill struggle. A lot of things stacked against him and very little time. This is the, the magnifying glass of, uh, of, of football these days. I think it kind of filters down all the way from the Premier League and the Champions League all the way down to non-league football. And in Kent's no different. It's yeah. really, really harsh. I'm, I, I, I do think it's harsh. There's a lot of football to be played in theory, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, but there's no sentiment. There's no. There's very little loyalty as well, looking from the outside, looking in, in, uh, in football these days. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to Breckwinton last week and we had a good chat off the record as well. Really, really nice fella. Um, so obviously disappointed for him that it hasn't worked out. And, and Steve Lovell is an interesting appointment. I mean, obviously he had a, he's had a couple of spells up at Gillingham. He was director of football um, at, at Ebbsfleet United last season mm. and then has moved on. He, he I, I, having spoken to Steve a few times since he left Gillingham, I know he certainly feels he's got an awful lot to prove uh, and there's a lot more left in him. Uh and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. He's brought in Tristan Lewis, uh, who was uh, who's been at Welling before, was first team coach at Ebbsfleet, alongside Kevin Watson, who obviously will have been the same time as Steve Lovell was there. So he, he's not going in blind, and, and very very interested. Also interesting, Alex, Alex, to see what sort of players he can bring in Steve Lovell because he's obviously got good good contacts, and he's certainly the sort of man who. I think players really like playing for him. And, and it, that was very clear, actually, from... I know we don't tend to talk much about Gillingham on this podcast and uh, for several reasons. Uh, but it was very interesting that a lot of the players who were his key men very quickly fell out of favour under Steve Evans. So he obviously is a man who is very loyal to his players. So it'll be very interesting to keep an eye on what goes on there. Absolutely right. You you, you say you say so. I've spoken to Steve as well, Danny. He's, 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 he knows football inside out at, at all kinds of different levels. Yeah, he's... Managed in the league with Chilling. I, I thought at the time he was a bit unlucky to lose his job at Chilling. He, he pretty much solidified the uh, the ship. They were higher in the table in League One than, than they were when he got there, uh, when he eventually lost his job. But Steve Evans, the plan of Steve Evans seemed to be kind of in full swing by that point. Um, he, he knows the game inside out and and that's a good level for him. And as you say, his contacts book is is second to none. It's it's, it's like the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That is a book that everyone in Kent non-league football circles wants to get hold of. Um, he's, he's a big golfer. I'm, I'm pretty sure I think September odd he, time he, he left Ebbsfleet, playing a bit of golf since then. I, I can imagine he's as good as he is a golf. I'd imagine he's got a bit bored of golf and just itching to get back into the game because he's, he's a football man through and through. And um, it's really interesting. What a game to start with as well. Tunbridge, uh, there's, you, you couldn't ask for a lot more. I'm not sure if he'll have time to do a great deal with the squad this week in terms of getting new people in in time for it, but or in, indeed time to work with the players he's inheriting. But He's a man manager, as you say. He's uh, the, the, he engenders some like some fierce loyalty, and and players will run through a brick wall for him. I'm I'm sure that that will be another positive uh, for the club going forward. Uh, the, the table is so skewed. I think it was in Braintree, two places ahead of them, two points ahead of them, lost twice as many games. It's uh, it's an extraordinary table. You kind of have to look at everything through this this kind of strange filter um, this season, as much as we did last season as well, I guess. 
Yeah, and Gary Fiore has also stepped down as director of football there, which, again, I think is, is probably good for Lovell because that does give him free reign. And director of football is a, is a strange old role, and, and I can almost understand it a little bit higher up the pyramid, although uh, not always necessarily. But I think it's a it's a bit of an unnecessary job here. You just want to leave your manager to crack on with it in, in National League South level, don't you? Yeah, particularly when you've got a manager like Steve Lovell who, who knows the ropes in and out. He's, he's been at different levels of football manager as well. He's obviously coached and he's an assistant and he's managed himself and he's been director of football himself as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess with a younger up and coming manager, sometimes they need a, a kind of an old an old head and experienced old face to kind of bounce ideas off and, and perhaps steer them in the right direction. But Steve won't need any of that. He won't need any hand-holding. He'll know exactly how he wants that club to shape up. And uh, I'd, I'd, I'd bank on him to get it done pretty quickly. Yeah, well, we'll look forward to seeing how uh, how he gets on. And as Alex already said, big game on Saturday uh, to start matters as they play Tunbridge Angels. Since we recorded this section about Steve Lovell's first game in charge, the never-ending roller coaster of COVID has again got in the way. And that game on Saturday has now been called off after a positive test in the Tunbridge Angels camp and will be rearranged for some point in the future. So Steve Lovell, plenty of time to work on the training ground with his players before his first game in charge. It was a good night for the rest of our teams on Tuesday in the National League South as they all won. Uh, Dartford, who had suffered a surprise 2-1 defeat at Lowly Braintree on Saturday, bounced back with a 3-0 win over Billericay thanks to Charlie Sheringham's hat-trick. Well, Ebsfleet got back to winning ways as they overcame Concord 2-1. Excellent result as well for Tumbridge Angels, beat Chippenham 4-0, while Maidstone, who had lost at Hungerford on Saturday, won a thriller just up the road from me as they beat Eastbourne Borough 3-2. It's typical, really. I go to some awful games, decide not to risk it by going to that one. It turns out to be an absolute cracker. Uh, it's very rare, though, Alex, that four out of our five National League South teams win, so a good night on Tuesday. That is exactly the kind of night you want. We only wish we had more of. I, I don't think there have been too many of those in the last couple of years as well, and... Um... It, it, I mean, a lot of the, there was success kind of at all levels as well. Dover actually picked up a point as well this week. It was one of those highs. If, if the season was to finish right now, then it would be going out on a high. And that's that's kind of the thing that's always lurking in the back of people's minds. Is it What's this all for? Is it going to be over next week? Is it going to be over next week? We just keep on going and, and trying to build momentum, as we, we mentioned before. Momentum is key for, for, for players, for, 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 the, for their goal bonuses, for their money, for their, the managers, for their careers and for the club's survival. It's, it's all about momentum and that is um, picked up some good results for Dartford. It's basically how you bounce back and how quickly you bounce back. They're, they've got that title very much in their sights, and there will be bumps in the road. I'm sure there'll be plenty of them uh, along the way, but it's about showing the character and bouncing back in the right way. Ebbsfleet right back there in the uh, in the playoff picture as well. Tunbridge, on the, I mean, there's there's every chance there. These teams are looking up the table, and there's um, there's a lot of opportunities there as long as they can get that run of games, which is the uh, it's the million dollar thing. You need the run of games. You need to avoid the postponements. You need to stay safe, wash your hands, give space, all that kind of stuff. Just not in your own six yard box. That's the only place where you don't give space. Uh, Ebbsfleet United, you've mentioned them there. Obviously, they've they've been in a bit of a, a, a rut, I suppose, lately. What have you made of them from what you've heard and seen so far this season? I think the um, it's, it's it's been a, again a stop start. The, the preseason and the start of the season, the hopes are really really high. They had a fantastic preseason and uh, um, and and the kind of the stated aims they they want to get up. They that's they want to get back where they came from. It's 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 tricky. I think obviously the um, uh, the foundations that they that there that it's it's a the purse strings aren't as uh, as loose as they once were at the club. Um, they're going to have to do it a slightly different way with, under a different managerial philosophy. But um, Listen, they've got a lot of talent there as well, um, and I think one of the things they did this week, they uh, brought in Chris Solly, who um, who a lot of people know, a lot of league experience, playing as a as, as a fullback, a defender. Actually, they they chucked him in at um, 
kind of holding a, a makalele role, a water carrier in uh, midweek. That little bit of experience um, it, ma- it makes up so much at this level. Dropping down from from I think it's probably played Championship, League One. Dropping down to to Conference South, just reading the game, seeing it. You've seen it so many times, hundreds of times in the football league. That is absolutely a vital thing to have, and um, is obviously it's not going to be match fit nowhere near it yet. But but slotting him in there in that in that midfield in holding role. That's exactly the kind of move. Uh, it's a savvy move to make and uh, getting him on board. And 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 as I say, they've it was five games without a goal, I think, before that game. But again, they showed the character. They went behind, came back, managed to get the three points with two goals, and now they're very much looking up again. There's there's not a lot in it in uh, in terms of those player places. And it's after Christmas. I know it's uh, it's, it's a very stop start division. Most teams have got more than half their games still to play, but we, we've got Christmas out of the way. It's it's kind of in theory. It's a downward hill slope all the way to the uh, to the finish line now. And and they'll be looking for that just the same way that Dartford will. You say most teams have got half, everyone's got more than half their games yeah. left to play uh, in this strange old season. And we've still got two teams who've only played 10 games uh, in that division. But Epsom United 10th uh, with 19 points from 13 games. Maidstone are also on 19 points. They've only played 12. Dartford are still top. 32 points for them from 16. Tunbridge Angels 12th. 16 from 13 and Welling United are bottom of the table uh, but they've got eight points from their 11 games so far and Steve Lovell as we said his first game in charge will be on Saturday at home to Tunbridge Angels um, and then he's got a, a, what's going to be a rarity for him he's actually got a midweek to work uh, on the training ground with his players because they don't have a game uh, on Tuesday night uh, there are other fixtures of course over the weekend Dartford at home to Hungerford Ebbsfleet United go to Hampton and Richmond uh, and Maidstone United are in FA Trophy action on Saturday as they play Dorking Wanderers. And then on Tuesday night, Maidstone are at home to Braintree in the league while Ebbsfleet make the trip to face Slough, uh, who are That's down there. Sorry, John. Those, I was going to say, those games, those Saturday games in particular, you mentioned those are some big games. Darford Hungerford, huge game. So first against fourth. And, and yep. Ebsley, we mentioned those for a bit of upward momentum. They've got Hampton, who are like three places ahead of them. That's uh, that's exactly the kind of time. And if they hit the ground running after that, uh, coming from behind, take a bit of momentum in that. That's a big, I'm not calling it six-pointer in January, but I'm calling that as a, as a big potential uh, way to step up that league and, and, and kind of reset, their, recalibrate their ambitions for the year. Yeah, then obviously they go to Slough, who are next to bottom as well. So they'll view that as an opportunity uh, to build even more momentum. Uh, On to the National League then, where Dover collected a point after coming from behind to draw with Boreham Wood, with TJ Bramble's goal earning the Whites that point. After the match, Matt spoke to assistant manager Nicky Southall. So here he is. Yeah, I thought um, you could see by the effort from the boys, absolutely fantastic, you know. Um, Considering we haven't uh, trained for 10 days, we've had uh, two days training, coming back into the lead, lead up to the game. So, in fairness, I thought the boys were absolutely outstanding. Yeah, look, on paper, they were an experienced side and you went one down again, a mistake at the back, a tidy finish, but you grew into the game and could have gone on and won it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, uh, we, had a, we had a chance right before half-time. I think Wilder Havilland just missed it at the back post, but uh, they're a good team, they're strong teams. I mean, they, have, they haven't been beaten five games. Manager got manager of the month, so obviously that's that dreaded curse for him, but maybe, but we felt as if... Um, we trained well yesterday and, um, and and off the back of the Dagenham performance, even though we went down to 10 men, I thought we still played play well and we battled. And it just shows you the team that we had out there. You know, we had six out with COVID and uh, we had the bare bones today. And um, fair, fair credit to the boys, you know, and they absolutely battled everything they give for uh, Dover. I thought TJ Bramble was excellent, you know, driving and, you know, doesn't normally play right wing back, but he had a great game and a lovely goal as well. 
Yeah, it's a fantastic goal, you know. I think uh, it was a great, great ball by, I think it was Oscar, was it, on this side? And uh, it was a great run by TJ. And uh, in many ways, it reminded me when I used to play in that position because I used to get in that uh, back stick and, and, and used to go forward. He's got the licence as well, being a wing-back. And he, he played in Gillingham's youth team as a, as a right-back uh, a couple of times. So we, we threw it on him in training yesterday and he, he said, yeah, do you, I want to play. So we said, go ahead. You know, He's got all the attributes. He's quick. Uh, he's, he's got great size, great with the ball at his feet. And you see... He went down with cramp a couple of times tonight, but you can't blame the lads for that. You know, we've that's only our third league game since the 21st of November, and there's nobody like everyone's really frustrated with the stop-start um, scenario to the season. It's not ideal, and um, but you got to give the boys absolutely all the credit in the world tonight. You know, from every single one of them, I think they, they, they give everything. And the, the boys at the back there, three boys at the back, the three centre halves. Harry who came in obviously with Millwall he looks so assured and and um, he, him and Will and, and Birdie they absolutely battled you know and, and they needed that because that's a, that's a strong forward line you've got this um, leading goal scorer in the league he scored again tonight good finish obviously it's a mistake again pitch really doesn't help help us you know it sort of hinders us we want to play the ball at a quick tempo but unfortunately the pitch isn't allowing that for both teams and I think you can see, like we were just talking to the manager and the players there. I think our boys are getting frustrated as well because they can't move the ball as quick as what they want. Not much you can do about that, though, is there? It's not much, you know. You just got to get on with it. Obviously, it's not ideal the weather situation, but you know, I think that's only our sixth game this season on there, and you, you expect the pitch to be in a better condition than what it is. Unfortunately, I know circumstances are with groundsmen and stuff like that on furlough and and not being here week in week out. So it, it isn't easy. We just got to get on with things and 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 just keep showing that kind of commitment. <laughs> Back of this game, should this game have been played? You know, you had six players out. Um, you know, and I think you've come out previously saying that the league should be paused as well. You still believe that? Well, we believe um, there's bigger issues in the world at the minute, and but we understand obviously with finance and uh, mental health for for not just like players, but for supporters and, and fans and people who watch football around the world. Uh, there's you, you look at today. There's over twelve, thirteen hundred people dying again today, and. We've asked to go out there and perform. Um, we try to keep everything as safe as we can at the training ground. Like the manager yesterday, we left the training ground yesterday, and the police are there asking us why why we're there, you know. But obviously, we're elite football, and we're allowed to do that. So <laughs> it ain't easy, and it ain't easy for everyone. It's not just not just us, and we're not just crying at him because it, it's us. It's it, every single manager and coaching staff and players. Um, Is it consensus you players, you people you speak to, that should be paused? I believe it should be paused, yeah. And uh, other people think the same. Do you think? I think they do. I mean, if you look at um, if you look at Big Sam and, and what uh, Steve Bruce was saying, you know, there's 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 managers in the league and that well, they say about this this COVID is attacking the the older people. And there's there's old managers in the league and everyone's scared. Nobody knows. You can be as safe as you think you are, but all of a sudden you can come down with it. And um, like I say, we're at the training ground. We do everything right and. One day one's negative and the next day they're positive and the next thing the players are going down left, right and centre and then all of a sudden we're in isolation for 10 days and it's nothing worse than just sitting in your house for 10 days when you're seeing games in your league going by week in, week out and it's nothing more frustrating and you see yourselves dropping down the league and league and all of a sudden you, you, you're mid, 
just below mid table and, and within four, five, six weeks you're bottom of the league on ten games. I mean, we've played eleven games now, and we're in twelfth of January. It's like crazy. Do you think there should be leadership from the league to make a decision saying right, we definitely go ahead or stopping it? Yeah, well, I think there's, there's the unknown in terms of what's happening with the finances going forward. Um, whether there's um, loans or grants. Um, if it's grants, I can see it going forward more than if it is a loans because how can how can clubs take loans on and they've got no fans? Where's where's the revenue coming from? Because um, you've got to pay it back. But if it's a grant and and like I say, we've got BT Sports, there's a lot of games on BT Sports, so there's obviously the money issues and the money side from that, but we want to stay safe, you know, as well as you guys in the press box, everyone, everyone wants to stay safe, and when, when you can't, when you're in a lockdown, a national lockdown, there's obviously something not right us playing here tonight, mm-hmm. um, it has to be. We, we have to travel all the way to Rex and we have to sign forms about going into another country next Saturday, you know, and because obviously cross borders with Wales. How can that be right? <laughs> a praise for the goal scorer there from, from Nicky Southall. Alex, you've seen a few Dover games this season. So do you think they are finally moving in the right direction? Uh, it's going to come down to that M word as well that we've, we've mentioned again. It's momentum. I, I do actually feel desperately sorry for Dover. I feel sorry for, for Nicky. I feel sorry for Andy. I feel sorry for the players. I feel sorry for Jim. I mean, it just there is a lot going against Dover at the moment. And and I'm, I'm with Nicky in terms of the players. A lot of them are young players. Um, they have had it stacked against them. I think they'd only trained the day before the game after having a couple of weeks without training at all. They, they, it's it's impossibly difficult. Um, and to show the character to actually, against a team that are banging form and, and, and very decent form, they have been the last few years in the, in the National League, um, it, it says a lot about them and the, and the character. They're all still there. They're, they're fighting. The, a lot of the Dover fans... Um, TJ Brown was actually quite a much maligned player. He gets absolute dogs abuse on, on certain match days on forums and things like that. But he's a young player. He's 19, I think he is. And he was playing out of position at, uh, at wing back and um, basically just shut some of the naysayers up, which is exactly what you want. That's the attitude that you want. And uh, and that's in the grand scheme of things, that's a point. Believe it or not, it's the first time they've drawn a game this season, which seems mad um, seeing as they were in January. But Dover, you, you really can't pay too much attention to the... Uh, to the league table because oh, it's 11 games. They've got five games in hand on teams that are two points ahead of them. It's it's incredibly difficult to gauge. All you can give do is give them credit for basically getting themselves up two games in uh, in six weeks, I think it is, um, and still managing to get themselves up for match day and, and to play. It's uh, As you say, I've seen a lot of Dover this year. There's been some real torrid afternoons and evenings for, for Dover, but there have been some bright spots as well. Um, and it's about basically just trying to get the momentum going. They need to play another game. In theory, they're going to be playing again on Saturday and again on Tuesday, and that's what they need. They need the the run of uh, of games. It will come with some uh, with some challenges. The 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 fitness the players are going to be feeling it. They were feeling it at the end of that game, and I'm sure they'll be feeling it if they get another 90 on Saturday. But but the more games you play, the more momentum you get, the more match fitness returns, and the easier it gets. And they just need a a fair wind and a bit of luck in terms of getting the games played again now. Yeah, and obviously with being a young team, I suppose it's 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 very very difficult for them because a lot of these players, when when you're in a, a relegation scrap, which as Matt's not here, I can definitely say they are in a relegation scrap. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you are in a relegation scrap, you look to your more experienced heads. And when I've spoken to Matt before um, about Dover, which obviously I do every week, it's uh, it's kind of part of what we do here. But he, he's kind of said the ones who bit, who he's felt have, have been letting the side down have been the more experienced heads. And, and 
that the young players have just got to, have obviously just got to go out there and do everything they can, and the old heads have got to show them the way, haven't they? Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I mean, there's been, I've, I've and just like Matt, I've seen a lot of Dover this season, and uh, um, games like it was it Aldershot, I think, that ran absolutely riot. I think it was it was certainly four, it might have been five nil. Um yep. and you're looking around for your, your characters, you're looking when you walk that you know that trudge back to the, the center circle to to take the kickoff when you've just let in your third goal in ten or fifteen minutes, you know the game's lost. You you're looking for people to roll their sleeves up, you're looking for people to talk, you're looking for the heads to be up, but they just didn't have anyone like that. And there are some characters in there that played a lot of football at this level, played higher football at this level. Um but yeah, you're basically looking for those that that leadership, and um, you know, for well, Andy Hessenthaler, Nicky Southall, they'd have been very vocal in their in their playing days, and they need to find people that are able to do that that now, and that's that's about character, and 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 it seems that that maybe that kind of November time seemed like a real low for Dover, and the games since then, Dagenham, uh, when was that? Just after Christmas, they showed a lot of spirit and fight against Dagenham. That was their first game in five weeks, lost one nil. It yes, Dagenham could have had a couple more, but Dover could have had a couple themselves. They put in a real battling display in. Something has clicked in that in this long layoff. Something has clicked with the players, and I think it's basically they've decided to dig down within themselves to do it. So the message is getting through. Um, but as you say, yeah, young players need to step up. There are some vocal young players as well, but they need guidance around them. And, and if those big players, the more experienced ones, the ones on the dare I say it, the most amount of money, if they're going to sort of step up and lead by example, then the, literally the only way is up for Dover. But there is a pathway. I'm looking at looking at the table. There are three teams still in single figures. Weymouth have played five more games, two more points. Barnet, right down there, three more games, two more points. They can get out of this. They just need a decent run of fixtures. They've got they've got players there that can win games. They've shown it. They beat Notts County. They were excellent that day. There is a, there is there is a great escape. There is definitely a possible path to a great escape. But they're going to need a bit of luck with the uh, the run of the fixtures. I think. There's some Gerard-esque optimism there from Alex Hode. Uh, also, after the game on Tuesday night, Matt spoke to Jim Parmenter, the Dover chairman and a member of the National League board. Matt, to be fair to him, certainly did not shy away from asking the tough questions to Jim Parmenter. And this is a really good lesson. So here he is, the Dover Athletic chairman, Jim Parmenter. First of all, Jim, um, David just didn't get a good point today. There has been a lot of talk about the league being stopped. What's your view on this with the way the country's going at the moment? This is my personal opinion, and it's not a, uh, not as a member of the league board. Uh, I have no idea why we're still playing football. If you look around you and you see what's happening in the world, and you look at the disparity uh, of fixtures in the league and how many uh, games we're missing every week, I think we're going to struggle to complete the season anyway. And then there's the question of funding for the rest of the season. That's another question we'll get onto in a minute from that. As in, do you think you pause the season for a month and see what happens as well? Because again, people would say if you want to cancel it, looking at Davis' league position, some people would say everybody's got their own self-interest involved. Yeah, and that's why I haven't really spoken about it because obviously you can be accused of, of having self-interest and I've been accused of that locally several times already this season and I'm not, not up for it again. But you've asked the question and, and speaking as a, as a human being and everybody I speak to says, why are you still playing football? It's crazy. What other clubs do you think are they have a similar position or is again, it, will self-interest run this from so-called bigger clubs who feel that they can carry on? Because we're in a worse position arguably when we stopped in March. We are in a worse position and, and, and you know, self-interest, I, I don't like to call it self-interest. Clubs try to look after their own, their own uh, issues and, and, that's, and that's fine. But I think people have to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. 
uh, what are we actually gaining by it? The, there's no crowds in, um, the games are not really what they should be. You know, players are, are, are not training for two weeks, like us t- for, the, for this game, 10 days out, not training. We've played two games since Christmas. You see players out there dead on the legs, battling performance, but, you know, we saw cramp coming in and how we haven't got some pulls and injuries today, I don't know. We've just got to look at it sensibly and, and you know, we've lost, I think it's five games tonight. Um, which, which again is another another problem. We can just about get our fixtures in as it stands without playing three a week. But if we get too many more cancellations, I think we're going to struggle to finish the season anyway. Who makes a decision, that decision to stop the season? I say you mentioned you're on the board. Is it something that all the leagues have got? To, all the clubs in the league have got to agree to? Um, well, I, I think I, I'm not sure quite how it'll work. It'll have to go through the FA um, uh, eventually. I mean, I raised it at the board last week. And to be honest, there wasn't much enthusiasm for it. So um, I, I can't see it happening. Uh, Not enough enthusiasm to cancel it? Correct, yeah. And also, you mentioned there before you go about the funding. There's been a lot of um, controversy about that as well. After David Bernstein's, um, uh, he looked into the situation and the investigation. Where does that, how's that going at the moment? Because I know today that a lot of the Northern clubs are saying that the money should be given, should be um, not loans. What's, can I any, add anything to that? Well, the second tranche of money is coming from, I believe, Sport England rather than Camelot. Um, is that loans or is that grants? Well, we don't know yet. I think that's to be discussed. I, I fear that, that Sport England may be trying to introduce loans. I don't know that for sure. And I'm pretty sure that that will mean the, the uh, suspension of the season anyway because if they try and impose loans on... I mean, the big clubs can afford loans. Most clubs in, in our division and the two divisions below don't have balance sheets or uh, profit and loss to support uh, taking out a large loan, which they've got no ro- re- hope of repaying. So I think loans generally are a non-starter anything about the inquiry the money situation from the league you personally and the board uh, have been criticised for that have you got anything to say about that no I think there's plenty been said about that by plenty of plenty of ill-informed people uh, so I think the less said it uh, the soonest mended I mean the tranches for the first three months from Camelot have been paid um, they're supposed to last clubs until um, about now um, we still haven't had the funding confirmed for the next five months actually um, but I believe it's going to come from Sport England and, and it's still to be discussed. So to say anything more than that would be, uh, would be incorrect. And finally, Dover, at battling point today, they're still bottom of the league. But are you confident if the season continues, you, you can get out of this hole? You in? Yeah, we've been putting good performances in. You know, you can see that we haven't trained. Uh, you know, we've played two games since Christmas. We, you know, we trained for a week, I think. Then we, we went into isolation, came out, played a couple of games. Then isolation again. We've got players out still today, self-isolating, six players out. Uh, we've got uh, another seventh suspended. So if you look at the battling performance we've put in with a lot of young players, uh, as well as, uh, as the season's ones, and what the battling performances before, I thought we were unlucky on Boxing Day. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got plenty of hope that we can, we can do enough to stay in this league, all supposing the season continu- continues. That was a pretty interesting uh, listen, that one, Alex. But I suppose the headline is that he doesn't understand why his team are playing football at the moment. No, that, that definitely is the headlight. How much fun would it be to see those two in some kind of domestic situation sitcom? I would, I've, I've thought that down the years. They would be such an odd couple. It'd be fantastic to watch and listen to. But but there you go. I've, I've got a lot of sympathy uh, with Jim about this one as well. I don't quite understand why why team... I, I'm not going to say going through the motions, but um, it, it, to an extent it does sometimes feel like it. Um it does certainly feel like it was worse now than it was when everything was shut down last March. Um, 
we had the big I'm not going to go down the politics road here but there was the big thing about football is basically it's the national sport we needed something to rally behind and that's why they dusted off the Premier League and put them in their shiny bubbles and then put them on all over the summer to give us something to watch while we were locked down um but this it does seem a little bit a little bit too far um I I personally speaking I, I agree I'm not sure the season can finish um it is a complete mess in terms of what that actually means because there'll be plenty of teams that are able to exist quite happily at the moment um that are playing their games that have, have their players fit that can afford regular testing they can afford uh, the, the, the streaming of games, they're making money from that. They've got big um, supporter bases. There'll be other teams that are desperate that, that basically just want to be able to end the season, just take any money they can get from anywhere to just stop the season, go back on pause, get the mothballs out and and think about this again, probably after the clocks have changed. That's that's realistically. Um, it doesn't seem as though this is going to get better imminently. Um, it, it seems as though it might take a, a kind of an uptick in the weather and, and, and getting into spring again before anything is possible so the question then becomes do we stop now and then revisit this season do we start fresh again oh what a mess <laughs> um, i like what you said there about there being a a, a, a sitcom there between uh, matt and jim parmenter and it, it definitely sounded like jim parmenter was sort of inching away from matt when he was asking his questions <laughs> there um i'd also like to add in a third character to the sitcom which is chris kinnear because uh, oh. you didn't have to sit like i used to in uh, a, an unknown chain pub uh, in tunbridge wells every monday while he sat there and said i'm gonna find chris kinnear get get him on the show this week get him on the show this week and it, it took him what two years to finally get him on um but yeah so the uh, the the gerard parmenter um sitcom there's definitely something in that i think that might be uh that could be our, our way to fame and fortune mate i think so and uh, i think the only reason he eventually got through to chris Kinnear is because chris had his number blocked and so he had to ring <laughs> from a different phone with a with a concealed number before chris accidentally answered it i've uh, i've been in the same boat with chris myself down the years but um no that would definitely be an extra it would be like a new sitcom of friends basically you should have a ken yeah. non-link football kind of friends just need some uh some ladies to to, to give them something to talk about as well Absolutely. Uh, Dover at Wrexham on Saturday, then at Wealdstone on Tuesday. Bromley, meanwhile, their game with Chesterfield on Saturday was called off. They're not playing this Saturday as their FA Trophy tie against Woking has been moved to Tuesday as Woking finish a period of self-isolation, meaning that Bromley's league game, which was supposed to be against Sutton on Tuesday, is now off again. It, 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 it's impossible to keep up with what's going on in the Premier League. I mean, teams having to play at short notice. Imagine only having 48 hours notice and then having to go away and play away at Tottenham. Oh, um, yeah, anyway, um, but it, you don't know whether you're coming or going. And, and, and this is part of the problem. And, and Bromley are suffering that this weekend. It is. I mean, it's, it's desperately, it's, it's desperately tricky. I, you, you, you jest about the, the Premier League. I, I do think that is a, a slightly more, um, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm loath to say it matters more, but you're, you're Bromley players, you're, you're, you're National South players. I don't think they're going to be spending kind of hours and hours analysing video footage and things like that of their, of their opposition. I'm sure the coaches and managers might be doing it. But in terms of the players, they're just kind of keep themselves as fit as possible, working on their own strengths and uh, and, and weaknesses. And then whoever they're playing on, on, on any given day, they will be given the instructions depending on who they're up against uh, in their kind of one-on-one battles. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's it's impossible, really. I, I, can't, I can't imagine. I mean, Listen, it's, it's January. This is the type of time of year when I kind of decide to, to put my running shoes on for the first time in about three months and 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 try and run off some of the some of the Christmas mince pies. And I know how difficult it is to to try and get yourself up to speed again when you've not been doing anything for a long time. And these guys are, 
I mean, if the if the Premier League players are kind of elite, finely tuned kind of racing cars, then then these guys are they're certainly decent family hatchbacks. Like they're 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 very very good, um, semi professionals, professional in many cases players as well. And and so basically their bodies, their um, is their livelihood, and they need to be able to kind of work to a plan, taper up, taper down in terms of like the days of the games and things like that. And it must be just soul destroying really to, uh, to, to to basically have a plan taper your diet taper your uh, your training up towards the game and then have it taken away from you like the day before it is i can't i can't put my head into that uh, i'm not an elite athlete i wish i was um, i'm jealous of them um and it must be really really difficult for them and, and i do feel for them it's, it's it's a really really tough time if for every person in this country is a tough time in their own individual ways but i think footballers genuinely do have it really bad Yes, indeed. Let's move on to the Isthmian League, where it now looks like for the second season running, it's all going to be wiped out. The league and their pals at the Southern and Northern Leagues released a statement on Friday saying that football was suspended until March the 6th, and that although they will be putting out to the clubs, their belief was that the season should be null and void. That would mean that yet again, there's no promotion or relegation, and if steps three and four go that way, then surely so will those below it. Uh, Craig Wanderers manager Tony Russell spoke well on those issues before, and uh, when it was announced on Friday... He also was very keen to get his point across, so uh, I gave him a call on Monday. I had a really long chat with him. This is a really long interview, but it is worth listening to. So here is Tony Russell. I feel whenever I'm talking to people about what's going on in the football, I kind of have to preface it by saying there is a big virus going on at the moment. And I suppose the most important thing is, is when I spoke to you before, you were feeling a bit under the weather. Are you all OK at the moment? Yeah, yeah, no, everything's, everything's fine. Um, this end, and it is, it, it's so hard for... For someone to ask a football-related question and for that person to talk passionately about it, because you know there are obviously there is a lot going on outside of football, and it's an easy thing to say. Well, how can you think about football with what's going on? And I get that. I do get that, and I, and I get the uh, people on Twitter and etc. However, however, I think it's, it is important that we do focus on other things apart from that, otherwise you'll drive yourself mental. Um, and football is a, is, a, is a huge part of everyone's life, not regardless whether you're involved in it or you're just passionate about it. It raises debate, it raises opinions, and I think it's important that we continue to give our opinions and, and have, have debates like your show and other shows do. Otherwise, what do we do? Sit indoors waiting for the six o'clock news to hear more doom and gloom. I think you know we've got to we've got to look forward and obviously the vaccine, obviously the 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 vaccine stuff coming out has obviously boosted everyone. So um, no, that's why I, I, I'd say when you when you messaged me and said about coming on, you know I'm more than happy to come and talk about it. And you know me, I'm I'm always good for an opinion. I'm very opinionated, so. Um, Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, it's been, what, three days now since the uh, announcement was made by the Isthmian League that they, they the season was paused permanently and that they believe uh, null and void is the way to go. You, you weren't best pleased about it, it's safe to say, on Twitter last week. Are, are you any more pleased about it now? Um, no, no, <laughs> uh, I'm not. Um, it's funny, this time, they've null and void this season. I haven't got so much of a problem with it because, I mean, some teams have played five games, some teams have played seven. It is, it's not even got going. So, you know, I get it. I get it. My, my problem. 
them stems from last season because by doing it last season it's going to be hard for them now because they're going to be put in a situation because on their watch they've had two years now two seasons wiped off and we didn't need to do that they've cut a chain because everyone thinks about step three downwards and that's it or whatever but the problem is is we're going to it's um going to be a problem now for step two because they've already got one team short this year, the National League South. Now, they're about to send, if they finish their season, which I think they will, they'll send two up. So now they're going to be three teams short. So now they're going to have 19 in a, in a, in a league. And that's not what the National League wants. They want it to be a competitive full program. At the moment, one team a week doesn't play, doesn't have a fixture. And that's obviously for that level of football, they can't they can't be having that. So now they're gonna have three teams short. So the FA are now gonna say, You've got to promote teams up to that level. And I know for a fact, having spoke to someone off the record from the league, that they're getting that pressure from the FA. Now the problem they've got is they've none avoided the last two seasons. So who are you promoting? On the basis of what records? I mean, if they looked at two-season points per game, funnily enough, the teams who were top and second in the Premier Division last season would also be top this season and would be top in the joint points per game, and you're one of them. But would you want to be promoted that way? Um, me, personally, I've always... I've had opportunities to... I've been at, obviously, Erie, VCD and Cray, and I've had opportunities, whilst being at them clubs, to go to teams in leagues above who've come in for me and, and I've always, this is where I've been brought up, you, you have to earn it. You want something, you earn it. So I've always wanted to get my own promotion because if you get a promotion that proves you're you're good enough for the next level because you were too good for that level, you've earned your own promotion. And so I got promoted out of the Kent League, got promoted out of Ryman North, got to the Prem, then went back to Cray, who were in the, in the Ryman South, got promoted out of at the South. We're in the Prem now. Now, for two seasons, if you combine the two, if we played, I think it's 38 games last year and we've played eight or seven, years, that's a full season. If you combine them two, well, a stat come out on Twitter, I don't know if you see it. In 2020, Cray played 26 games. We had a, a, a 70% win ratio. 70. Seven zeros. <laughs> 70% win ratio. So, would I... If the, we've got an email from the league to say that we are going up, would I? No, because I've earned that. Because if you look at the amount of games I've, we've managed on step three, over 42 games, I've won a lot of games. Cray Wonders have won a lot of games. So I believe, me personally, if that was to happen, I don't think it will. If I'm honest, I don't think I'm that luckiest person. But I honestly think that I've won enough games at step three football to, to prove that as a manager that I could, I, I may be able to have a go at the next level up and see how I get on, because we've all got levels. Ultimately, players, clubs, managers, you have a skill set and it will be a certain level. Now, if you're winning that many, that amount of games constantly at a certain level, then you go up to the next level and you see whether you can do it there. And I think, I, I personally feel that um, as a club and as a manager, we've won enough games of football over these past two seasons to, to warrant uh, having a go um, because I, I personally feel, if you look at the league table, when they stopped it with eight games to go, we were top of the form table. We just won six out of six. 
Wortham were 15th. They'd gone from a 16-point lead, and if we won that game now, we went four points behind them with eight games to go. They, and they had Enfield away and Hornchurch away, and we had the two bottom teams. And it, that was the following weeks. So I personally think we would have gone back-to-back promotions. I mean, I look at it in front of me now. I've, I've done the two the two season points per game, and I've got Worthing on two point one nine points per game, and Cray Wanderers on one point nine eight. You're well clear of, of everybody else, and I guess the frustration is exactly as you've said. You feel like you've earned the chance to to try your luck at the next level, and at the moment, if the league is null and void, then there could be a possibility that you're not going to get that chance. It's going to be another season at, at this level, a level that you've proved you're more than capable at. Yeah, I mean. That's the likelihood. I mean, it's not even... I'm 95% sure at the moment that that's exactly what's going to happen. And, um, yeah. And then, I, I, see, I've, I constantly want to educate myself. I don't want to stand still. I constantly want to get better. Whether I'm, whatever I'm doing, whether I'm reading, watching stuff. I've spent the whole lockdown since our, since our um, leagues uh, ended, or pause or whatever, the title they want to give it. I've been watching two or three National League games a week. Either some start, if I'm lucky enough to get a scout pass, I'll go to the game. If not, I'll pay and stream it. Just to educate myself on, I pretty much watch every team in the National League South so I can understand players, I can understand what they're doing, what, what, what what's a good side look like. Even last year, to be fair, before the lockdown, I went to watch Willstone at Dartford. And just because I knew Willstone were, were doing dominating that league and I wanted to see what Willstone did um, to, to warrant that so I've constantly since I haven't stayed still I, I'm constantly working I, I, I strongly believe that whether I when, I when I come back and manage next whether that's next August by the looks of it I'll be better for it so if it has to be step three then, then that's that's what it's going to have to be I can I can moan about it all I want my biggest problem was that I made the biggest mistake I'd done and I, I, I went on to the league meeting. I asked the club, could I have the login for it? Can I sit in on the meeting? The last one, before they paused it, I, it was early December, I think it was the 2nd of December. It was the worst thing I'd ever done because then I had to sit and I sat and listened to the chairman and the vice chairman and I see the way they organise things or I use that term loosely, um, the way they the way they attempted to organise stuff and it's it is so scary it's so scary I mean no one no one was ready for this right no one see this pandemic coming and I get it right and I get everyone's been caught in the up and it is it's a nightmare right and this lockdown I ain't got a problem with it none avoid in it you know I ain't got a problem with that either it's got to happen but it's the bits in between. It's the last season when you had when you had eighty percent of the league done, and your decision making. Because the problem you've got now is I don't think they can use last season because they've none avoided it. Mm. So it's not in the records. I'm, I'm not sure. Say the yeah, say the league say to um, the national league say we need three teams please from the step three, and who are you picking? Yeah. From what you've none avoided two seasons. So what are you going? For? Who, what, what, what we're doing like uh, raffle? We're gonna, what we're going to do, like a draw out of a hat? What are you doing? Because if you pick Cray and Worthing, so they go, right, the last two seasons, you know, they had two that have been a good so Bang, bang, bang. Someone's got every right to go, on the basis of what? We haven't played for the last two seasons. And um, the year before that, Cray won his win and did one. So what are, you, what, what are you promoting them for? They leave themselves open. So now I have no idea 
what they're going to do. And, and if I'm honest, I don't think they have an idea what they're going to do. Do you think they've made this decision too early? They, you know, they, I mean, I, I get what they're saying. I understand it's going to be a couple of months before we can even think about football again. But why are they saying in the middle of January, right, season's over, do you not think it would be sensible to wait and see where the land lies and see if there's anything they can do towards the end of the, of the scheduled season? Um, looking at the government strategy, I'd say no, because I think that with the vaccine so close, I think they're going to lock us down till probably March, and then they'll stagger the tiers again, because they're not going to let us everyone out until the vaccine's around the corner and just let everyone get the R rate through the roof. So I think they'll we'll come out of it in March. We'll stay in tier four, four to April, maybe, and then tier three till May. I think it'll be a gradual thing. The problem we've got is, like, Bishop's talking now, they could play five games. And it's a lot of games you've got to play in a short space of time. And they're talking about, there's just, a lot of people, I've seen the arguments going, we should just extend the season, play in the summer. But the problem you've got is you've got things like Hornchurch and that they ground share with an athletics and it, their contract kicks in at a different time. So the athletics team take over from the ground from May the 2nd, whatever it is. And there's a couple other grounds apparently with the cricket and there's other multi-sports that goes on. So I don't think they can do that. Um, and... I don't know whether I'm comfortable with everyone playing each other once and then you promote and relegate. I don't know. I don't know because you think we could go back and play eight, I think we worked out about eight, eight games and then everyone's played each other once. Apparently there's teams in, in the leagues that have played each other twice already because of all the cups, teams getting knocked out of cups early, they end up playing each other again in, the, in certain leagues. So it's, it's all a bit of a mess. I mean, they can get out of it. Me personally, I think, they could get out of it because I don't, what I don't, you know what I don't understand? I don't understand why teams don't want the top teams to go up. They almost seem reluctant. They'll vote against it. No, no, don't avoid it. I don't understand why because for me, I would want the top teams to go up because it gives my, me the best chance to win the league the following year. Like, if you take Cray and Worthing out of the league, they're the two teams really that have been pretty dominant in two seasons you take him out of the league it, it sort of blows it open yeah it does so I don't I don't understand why clubs almost see I don't also think that it's like I think sort of when for instance like Whitton said we can't um, we can't play because we can't open that tea bar or the bar which is fair enough or clubs say we can't play because we only allowed a certain amount of people in our ground where the top teams like Worthing and Cray and some other teams have said Kingstonian have said no no we can do we can we can play we don't need that we, we, we're, we're set up to do that now now that's not whether they're more fortunate or whatever but then if ever a club's more set up to go up that probably shows you the ones that really are ready to go up to maybe the next level and compete because ultimately that's what we want to do we want to make sure that every club and players and managers are at the level that they're at and I think it's good indications that the top clubs are ready to do that. And if you hold them back, you hold them back. I mean, I'm not going to sit and cry about it all summer. It is what it is. But um, I just, I fear that if you have the same teams playing against each other for three seasons in a row, you're in danger of it going very stout. 
I think there's nothing better when you have fresh teams coming into a league. It's like, I ain't been to that ground or like, you know, the promotion, promoted teams come into the league and they, you know, they get off to a flyer because they've still got momentum in their sales and it's a big day out for them. And I just think if you have the same teams year in, year out, you are in danger of going flat and you're also in danger of getting detached from a chain that which we're in. We're in a chain. We, we feed step two. Now we haven't fed them there. We didn't feed them last season, and we're about to not feed them again. And that's going to leave them three teams short. And the FA, I've been told, the FA want to set up an, uh, another step four league. They want they want another one introduced. So they're, they're looking to promote more teams from step five. They want a load of teams from step five to make another league up. Now, if we're not promoting anyone, like you look at people like Chatham, he's put a great side together. You know, National League players, ex-pros. You know, he's he's an ex-pro manager himself. I know he's number two at uh, Forest Green. Scoring God knows how many goals. Let, let, let them have a go at step four. It will add to step four. Yeah. It will, they'll add to step four. People like Hastings and Cray Valley will add to step three. They will come and hold their own because they're good clubs with good managers and good players. Why are we holding it back? I don't, I don't get it. I just think... It, Sometimes we're too people are too happy for other people not to succeed, and I think it's sad, really. Mm-hmm. I'm just not talking from it's not from a personal because if we don't go up, we don't go up. It's life, you know. I've dropped down a level. It's, I'm not I'm not obsessed with the levels. I always think it's what you're doing at that level rather than what level you're at. Um, but if you ask me whether I feel you asking to put the question to me whether Cray have earned the right to go up. I, I, I would I feel comfortable with it? I would feel comfortable with it because we've played enough games at step three. And when I, as I say, when non-league stats on Twitter, non-league stat put in, I see the club retweeted it. In 2020, Crow won 69.2% of their games. That tells me then, yeah, I think we are ready. And I think we do deserve it. A couple of things sort of um, a little bit away from that, but obviously you've taken the opportunity to, to loan some of your players out to, to higher level clubs. And I guess it's a good opportunity for them to keep playing football first and foremost and also test themselves at the higher level that hopefully you'll be at soon. We had loads. Well, to be fair, we've got there'll be probably more going. We've, we've had a few, we've had a lot of a lot of requests. Um, but we kind of wanted to hold fire until we definitely knew we wasn't going back because ultimately you send a player out alone and he gets injured for the rest of the season. They only covered a month for they've they've done and you're you're picking up the the bit the tab for that. So we was reluctant, but obviously it hasn't been rubber stamped yet. But with the recommendation from the league coming about none of them boys and it, we're looking now to. To do that, and our, and our near neighbours were well in a bit on the phone, and I know they're having a bit of a tough time of it, so they've asked for, um, well, they asked for a few more, but it, it worked out that you can only loan uh, two players to one club. So they picked Reese and JT, and they played for them Saturday. I streamed the game, I watched it. Apparently, it was the best they played this season. JT, you know, led the line brilliantly, looked class. Um, Goldie's pulled off a worldie in the 91st minute to stop him winning it. And he's had one cleared off the line when he flicked it over the goalkeeper and the defenders cleared it off. And, and Reese Reese really added to him. So um, it's great that we can help, help our, our near neighbours out. And I think there's a few more um, clubs that are interested. I think it's testament to the squad we put together that the fact that so many managers keep ringing me, um, 
I'm meant to be speaking to another man. Uh, I might be popping along to try to sit down with the manager about some other players from from another local team in that at that level. I thought to try to help them out because I think people recognise that we've got a pretty good squad. And uh, for us, it's always the fear though that you know, do you get them back? You know, you let you they're going to be out for the whole season now, and we go back and whether they come back. But if not, then. We'll get another load in and, and we'll go again. But um, it's good. You know, I, I think um, Reese has played at that level. So for him, it's just whatever. He's fine with it. But for JT, obviously, the challenge is can he score the amount of goals that he scored at step three in step two? Um, he's going to take it. He's going to need a couple of weeks because obviously our boys haven't done nothing for a period of time. But watching the game on Saturday, for me, and I'm biased, but to me, he looked the best player on the pitch anyway. So. And just very finally, how's your stadium coming along? When when when, when you plan to move into that, and has it been affected by the COVID stuff? Um, no, it's not been affected by the COVID stuff. I think there's still a, uh, some sort of legal. I, I haven't really spoken to the, the owners much, but the last time I did, I know there was, it was there's some legal term, some CR6 form or something, some random form like that, that that still needs rubber stamping. And I think we're having trouble with that at the moment. So as as it stands, nothing's happening. There hasn't been a shovel in the ground. Obviously, they got the land, but there's no building work done. I think last time I spoke to someone, they hoped to start building maybe July. So I think by the looks of it, I think we're probably still two years away, maybe minimum. Maybe, maybe more so. So I know you've not had a chance to listen to that due to some technical issues, um, Alex, but the frustration for Tony Russell of seeing a second season wiped out and basically he said there, I can kind of understand this season being wiped out because some teams have only played a handful of games, but two years running, no promotion, no relegation. It, it's not a good shade for the Isthmian League, is it? It's, it's not a good shade. Um, I would agree with that. However, I really don't know what the, the alternative is. I, I think, personally, I think sometimes you just have to look at the bigger picture and think sport is, I mean, sport, personally, for me, sport has been my my, my life. I've, I've played it as much as I can. I've, I've immersed myself in it as much as I possibly can, writing about it because I can't do it, and talking about <laughs> it because I can't do it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, but I have to look at the bigger picture, and there is stuff beyond any of our control going on at the moment, and no matter what you think about it, what you think about how it's been managed any of that it doesn't really matter it's about people um and I, I i love sport it's completely messed up my life this 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 past kind of 12 13 months now and um i'm not as involved in football as as, as tony is it would have done Im- immensely more damage i'm sure to, to his past 13 months um but at some point we just have to hope that that brighter days will come and we will get back to the the old normal um but until that time comes, it's just not. I don't think it is is right to be putting people in in harm's way. The 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 people that go to to non-league football lower down the ladder is. There's been a lot of kind of interest in this kind of thing. I I, I don't know that it would be a, a particularly safe environment. And with the best one in the world, teams can say that they can make environments safer for, for fans to go. It's really tricky to control people in in a, in a footballing environment when goals are scored. We've seen the the crowd rushing forward, the players rush to the crowd. It's it's a really really tricky uh, thing to do, and I I genuinely do think the best thing would be to 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 pause again. I I I hate it. I don't like it. 
Um, I, I felt desperately sorry for teams last season going great guns that, that should have been promoted, earned, deserved promotion after years of building towards it. All to have it put on pause. But I do fear that if we keep trying to carry on as normal now, it'll be more difficult to actually get back to normal in future. And um, I think a lot of clubs will probably be happy to, again, we, we mentioned get the mothballs out. It might be financially better to actually stop in some instances um, and there, there's still to be a club to go back to. In March is interesting. March is about the kind of time when things might improve. If, if this lockdown, I've I kind of got a feeling that this lockdown might ex- get extended like they've done in Germany. But at, at March is when it kind of things start to warm up a little bit. The weather got a bit better. Last year, we were quite lucky. March, April was actually not too bad at all. And it, lockdown felt a lot better than it does at the moment with the dark days of January and just everything kind of getting on top of you. March does seem like a brighter time to look forward to, and it is probably possible that there might be some football there, but whether or not they can pick up the season and finish it, whether it, they should, even should bother trying, I don't know. Uh, maybe a little uh, maybe a little summer league might be something like that. There, there might be something to think outside the box about some way of playing football to bring some income back in once things are safe and, and ready to do so, because they're, they're just not now. It's just it's worse than it was last year, and it's it seems to be getting worse at the moment. Something like your mates in the MLB. Do you know what? Yeah, you could have. I, I, I genuinely do think with, with things like that, if for teams that want to, I reckon it should be an opt-in, opt-out type thing. If you want to have a little a little summer league, um, just to kind of, uh, for the players, for their fitness as much as anything, you can get some crowds in, sell some beers and chips. That's just, that's kind of the stuff. It's the wet and dry sales that keep these clubs alive. And um, I'm sure a lot of people that haven't, you and I are very fortunate. We've been to watch a fair few kind of games of football in person. Um over the past year but not everyone has there are people still that haven't really had the opportunity to get back into the into grounds and there'll be a huge appetite once as I say once the weather improves for to people to get back out there and watching football and and maybe that's that's something they could do maybe a little cup competition maybe a uh, a summer cup I'm literally spitballing ideas but something that the, that the league could organize as a, as a goodwill thing teams can opt out if they if they don't want to play it but yeah basically have like a new little league cup in the summer when things are unlocked to give some kind of element of competition, to give a trophy to someone that can can earn it, um, but it wouldn't necessarily mess with the schedule of the start of next season. Touchwood, God willing, vaccine willing, everything. Um, if we get back to that in in August time, I'm I'm quite into this two season points per game uh, malarkey. I've de- I've decided as Tony Russell said there. And, and I did put the point across to him that Worthing and Cray are clear over two seasons. They, they're the best two teams on points per game last season. They're the best two teams on points per game this season. But he said, if they're going to null and void the league and then the National League South say we want two teams and they say Worthing and Cray, then there's every everyone else can say, well, how have you come up with that? But the two points per game, sorry, the two season points per game in the Eastman League Premier Division, teams have played between 38 and 43 league games over the course of the two seasons. And in the uh, South East Division, they've played between 30 and 38. Now, for me, that's a fair enough sample size. And what's really interesting, uh, I've got the two season points per game here that I've worked out myself. Um, Teams from last season, pretty much it, it, obviously is much more weighted towards uh, their performance of last season. Um, but Worthing and Cray are the top two in those divisions. In the Southeast division, in, I should point out as well, Hastings and Cray Valley are the top two uh, there. Uh, teams would possibly move about a little bit, but 
if we, we need to find a way of evening out these leagues, we can't have another season of 21 teams in the National League South. We can't have another season of 23 teams in the in the National League. Tony Russell said there, the problem is if they obviously promote up, they might end up with 20 teams in the National League South. And they'll be t- if they let fans back in, there'll be clubs there saying, we haven't got enough games. So they need to find a way of doing it. And I look at these league tables and... 42 games is, is pretty much a full season for Worthing. Mm. They've got 92 points from those 42 games at 2.19 per game. We are a Kent Nonley podcast, but I'm sitting here saying Worthing, under any way you look at it, deserve to be promoted to the National League South. And I'm adding Cray Wanderers into that. They have got 79 points from 40 games, 1.98 points per game. They, those two teams, over the course of these two seasons, have done enough to be promoted to the National League South. And as far as I'm concerned, it is remiss of the Isthmian League not to find a way for that to happen for those two clubs. And Tony Russell himself said there, there'll be clubs in there will be thinking, get rid of Worthing and Cray, because those two teams have been so consistently brilliant. If they do stay in the Isthmian League, I've got no doubts they'll be the top two again next year. Yeah, I'd say that's 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 fair enough. There will be other teams. That, I mean, folks of them are right up there last year as well. And there'll be teams that would, would, would feel a bit kind of hard done by there were teams that would 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 moan but you can't really argue against the uh, the data as you have so lovingly compiled um yeah there's there's a real argument i'm sure is it is it Cheshire and enfield that are up there at the moment i know crave kind of not played as many games that people will always moan and grumble about these things there's never a perfect solution to anything i couldn't argue with a single thing that you said there i, I definitely think worthing are, are worthy of playing at a higher level and, and at some point they will however that that comes to pass they will definitely be at a high level um, but there is no ideal solution because any team kind of dropping down the ladder wouldn't necessarily Dover now if you said to Jim Palmer to finish the season but Dover have to start in the division below I'm not sure that would go down particularly well and on paper they've kind of got single figure points but it's it is, it's just such a mess there's no ideal solution whatever happens is going to upset some people um, it's just about finding the, the fairest way at some point the fairest way tips from just abandoning everything into okay, fair enough, Worthing. You, you, the fairest thing for you would be to play at a higher level. But working, I think that would have to be done on a on a case by case basis almost because uh, every division is has its own little nuances. I think. Well, on that, I mean, just just very finally on on this, the the National League between the three divisions, the Premier North and South, are six teams short. That's two from each league. Mm two from each feeder league. So they've got to find, they can find a way of doing it. They want to even out this pyramid. They want to get those leagues up to 24 teams. You can easily do that. You've just got to look at the points per game and say, these are exceptional circumstances. We've assessed the last two seasons and we've decided that Worthing and Cray and whatever the equivalent teams in the Southern leagues, whatever, find a way of doing it because you can do it. And I, I think they've got to find a way of doing it um, and making sure uh, that that happens. Um, that's pretty much it for the football chat. How are you, mate? I, I understand you've been doing a bit of homeschooling, um, which obviously I don't have the the two cats are not interested in reading or writing. So uh, I imagine probably more of a challenge for you than, than it is for me. That's fine. My, my two cats aren't interested in reading or writing either. No, I, <laughs> I, I'm home preschooling and homeschooling. I've got a three and a five year old. Um, is that the difficulty that you've got different? Uh, you're trying to teach them different things because I know yeah. obviously Matt's got one who's at secondary school and one who's at primary school and obviously they're all learning different things uh, so that must be that, mu- that must be tough it is I, I, I have like immense respect for, for, for teachers I, I think a lot of people have after the last year I hope your wife's I, listening I to this I was <laughs> She, she will do it at some point, I'm sure. But um, I, I certainly didn't have respect for teachers when I was at school and that probably got me in a lot of trouble. But I do now. Um, 
it's incredibly hard. I'll tell you what, frustrating is, is, is definitely the biggest word. The frustration of trying to get something which seems so simple and basic to me and to everyone else across to a, to a five-year-old, as bright and sparky as they may be, uh, if they're not, if their head's not in the right place, it's just not going to happen. Um, and I, 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 I've seen a lot of my friends this week. Where there's been in the group chats, people just beating themselves up about how terribly it's going. And I, I feel like we've got to give ourselves a bit of a break because it's, it is a very, very difficult time. And it's a lot of stuff going against us at the moment as well. We can't. I'm looking out the window. Just the weather is miserable. It's that horrible couple of weeks after Christmas and New Year when it doesn't feel like even a normal year it doesn't feel like a particularly fun time there's nothing to look forward to and at the moment my only real fun would be going out to the park and running around with the kids and kind of the fresh air and you can't even really do that at the moment it's um it's not great however I I I just feel like hopefully the uh the, these darkest days the the lights getting there's more light in the mornings there's going to be more in the evenings getting closer and closer towards uh, the spring and the summer again and hopefully like last year we can get back to a little bit of normality in the summer and um and just kind of all have all the parties all the things that we didn't do all the sacrifices the um the family gatherings things like that just get everyone in a, on it in a park get the barbecues out that kind of thing in the summer that's what i'm really really hopeful of and um yeah it's that kind of thought in the back of my head on the on the on the dark days and the dark mornings of trying to teach uh, we're doing migration of, of birds and whales with, with a five-year-old at the moment i mean wow. it's just it's incredibly tricky and it seems quite complicated as well much more so than it was when i was at school some of this is like i'm pretty sure it's secondary school stuff at primary school it's it's, uh, it's a bit frightening i suppose those of us for big birthdays this year we're all just think, hoping something can happen yeah uh yeah that's 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 a looming um yeah that is when it went yours mine's july yours is uh, not September. not this it before that Oh, is it? Yeah. Is it? It's incredible. You look so much older than me as well. Yeah, um, yes, because me and Matt Gerard share a birthday actually. Which do is, you? Uh, I didn't know that. He's my birthday twin, so I'm. I, that's why I'm allowed to be here today. It's his uh, body double, shall we say? <laughs> yes. Oh well. Well, we'll should, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll be uh, we'll be lucky. I mean, it's just a nightmare, isn't it? Because we're trying to plan getaway somewhere, but you can't plan anything because you don't know what's going to be happening. No. Uh, in September, when these and things you, come around. You, yeah, and you've got the backdrop of kind of looks like inflation coming as well, like prices rising, uh, wages probably aren't going to be rising. Yeah, there's it's it's not going to be great. So it's about basically trying to find as many cheap thrills to uh, <laughs> happy things to to do. It's going to be staycations. Hopefully that bodes well for you. Um, yep. Fingers crossed. Yeah, uh, because you can't even take a ham and cheese sandwich to France anymore. So I mean, why would you want to go there? You might as well just stay stay on the uh, on the beautiful English Riviera um uh yeah it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a strange year but i mean i'm really i'm hoping and keeping everything crossed that this uh this time next year um when we're having the, the pod we're talking about 25 games played and just normal situation like promotion races yeah. they don't they don't seem so quite so important at the moment but i'm looking forward to the days when they are the be all and end all again and and, and football is the most important thing in the world yeah, I've been doing my running, actually. I'm very lucky to live on the promenade so and do that. And while we're talking about running, I do just want to mention, mention very quickly Cray Valley winger Kieran McCann, uh, who is doing an incredible effort. He is currently running 496 miles during the course of January. Uh, started with one mile on New Year's Day, and he's going to be doing and adding a mile every day. So it'll be, today we're speaking on the 14th, so he'll have done 14 miles today. Uh, and he'll be doing 31 miles on the 31st of January, raising money uh, for the Daryl Bryan Foundation in support of brain tumour research. Um, he is 
as well as that, he's also working uh, as well. So he's he's run working, then running, uh, or the other way around, actually running, then working. And he's going to be doing between three to seven hours of running before going straight to work. Uh, we are hoping to speak to Kieran um, in, in time for next week's show. Uh, the wheels are in motion for that one, but I did want to mention it first. He has got a Just Giving page, uh, so do do Google Kieran McCann uh, and try and find his Just Giving page. He was aiming to aim uh, to raise a thousand. He's already absolutely smashed that, so let's keep that going because that is a phenomenal effort that he's currently doing. Uh, so that's uh, congratulations and, and good luck still uh, to Cray Valley wing, uh, winger Kieran McCann. And as I say, we'll hope to hear from him uh, on next week's Kent Non League podcast. Well, that's pretty much it for this week's show. Uh, thank you very much, Alex, for joining us. Um, and stepping in for Matt. Um, as always, you can get in touch with us on social media. We are at Kent NL Podcast, and you can on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook as well. Search for Kent Non League. Uh, I am on Twitter. I am at John Phipps eighty one. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard, and I believe you're at Alex Hode Sport. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. So why not give Hody a follow if you've <laughs> uh, not had the joy before? Uh, yeah. Um, we also at some point, well, when Matt's back next week, we'll be talking about how Matt became a social media influencer last week with a tweet that had about 50 likes, and he's very, very happy about that. So uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be only too pleased to talk about that. Uh, it was all about Championship Manager and all that. Anyway, uh, thank you very much to uh, Tony Russell for speaking to me earlier in the week, and obviously uh, thanks to Matt for sending in those two interviews. Uh, which were both excellent after the uh, Dover game. And of course, Holly, thank you very much for, for filling in. I'm glad we've managed to uh, to manage to sort some a time out to do this. Uh, and I, I wish you luck going back to your migration talks. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'd quite like to migrate myself at the moment. Yeah, well, he did say a minute ago he's looking for some cheap thrills. So uh, good luck <laughs> with that one as well. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I will speak to you next week on next week's Kent Only podcast. <laughs>